Hi, and welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. I'm Chris, and tonight I'm joined by Liza, Adam, and Tony. Hi, everyone. Hey. Hi. Hey. So tonight's a little different. We have a guest with us, and it's Carly Weisel, and she is an, she's a writer, and she writes about theme parks, which is one of our favorite things. So we're going to go ahead and tell you all about Carly, Carly's experiences, and whatever else comes up. Hi, Carly. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for coming on the show. We are honored. So you are a theme park journalist. Yes. How does one become a theme park journalist? Take us back to the early (laughs) days of Carly. It is truly an accident that I became a theme park reporter. I, uh, I was a journalist for a while in New York, and I was covering a bunch of different subjects. And I just happened to go to Disney World for my bachelorette party. And once I came back, I was like, what is happening here? And became very, very invested in every detail of the parks and just kind of, you know, wrote a few stories here and there while I was writing about other things and then kept writing a little more and a little more until it, as I'm sure other Disney fans know, it consumed my entire life. Now, so, I, I need to focus on one part of that. You said your bachelorette party was at Walt Disney World. Yes. <laughs> Were you a Disney fan prior to your bachelorette party? Because no. most people are heading to <laughs> Vegas, they're going to Key West, they're yes. going somewhere where there's debauchery. Okay, so uh, here, here's how we ended up there. I was getting married in April, so my bachelorette party was in February. I wanted to go to Wisconsin because I love Wisconsin Dells. Oh. But February in Wisconsin, not ideal. So then the options from there were all very drinking based and I have a low tolerance. So like I could last 17 minutes in Vegas. Like I really couldn't drag all my friends there. And then after a while, it just became clear that we wanted to go somewhere with stuff to do and Disney sounded fun. And we just kind of went on a whim. Wow. You know, that's not a shock though, because actually Disney world is a big destination for bachelorette parties and it's the number one honeymoon destination in America. So Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, yes it yeah. is. Chris is always saying how um, it's just a great place to go on a bachelorette party. Well, it's safe and you you're in the right you're in the right company tonight cuz Liza and I have zero tolerance. Like we can't drink at all. It's really yeah. sad. So I we feel don't. your pain on that. Yeah, so. I just I, I didn't really need, you know, I didn't need like someone bringing a bottle to a table with firecrackers. Like it, that's not really what I was looking for. I wanted to do activities with friends and a theme park, like, you know, a resort the size of Disney World really makes that easy. Yeah, that's just like us. But you passed up the Wisconsin Dells, the water park capital of the United States. Okay, here's why. (laughs) Because I considered it. So you can get like a good day and a half with indoor water parks at Wisconsin Dells. But for three and a half days, like by the third day, an indoor pool is just not going to cut it. Uh-huh. So it just it just seems like I'd be pushing it to make everyone, you know, fly from New York and L.A. to Wisconsin <laughs> to be like stuck inside on water slides uh, for multiple days. All right, right. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you that much. But if you do go, if anyone ever any of our listeners go to the Wisconsin Dells, there is a deer park there where the deer will come and eat. Uh, ice cream cones filled with feed out of your hand and it's an amazing experience wait i i've been to wisconsin dells probably two dozen times and i've never done that oh i've gone once i have family in wisconsin we went a few years ago and uh, it was amazing I'll, i'll send you the info please do i i mean i try to go every 
year or two years now. Like I'm obsessed with it. No, I love Disney, but I Wisconsin Dells has my heart. So I'm jonesing for a trip back. And now I'm really curious about this Wisconsin place. I've never heard about this in my life. So I'm going to look it up. I just heard about it the other day. So it's kind of timely. I didn't even know it existed. It's kind of the reason why I was primed to be a Disney fan, but just didn't know it because I spent my summers going there and it's just, there's water slides, there's roller coasters, there's go-karts, there's mini golf. There's all these recreational things for kids that I grew up loving, but I just, I didn't really go to Disney World after I was probably five or six. So I spent those, you know, the formative years just going down a bunch of water slides and Noah's Ark, Family And there's Paul, Paul Bunyan's cook shanty where you oh, can go and get uh, pancakes. Oh, and then you can get a half dozen donuts to go. It's the best. That, I guess that was my question is you didn't go to Disney as a kid. I went as like a little, little kid, but I didn't remember any of it. So it was okay. pretty young. And I think, you know, off off the air, when we were talking to Carly, she mentioned that she was from the Chicago area originally. So therefore, she's headed to the Dells. She's doing Six Flags over Chicago. I'm assuming that's where you kind of went, because I know all my relatives in Wisconsin and Waukegan, you know, everybody goes to Six Flags. That's their big place. I actually, I got into this line of work as a Frady cat and had to grow out of it. Huh. So I went to Six Flags and would wait for my friends to go on the coasters, which is crazy to think about because now my job is to literally go on roller coasters. <laughs> wow. Oh my God, that's that's so me. I would I would drive the remote control boats or play mini golf while everybody was on the roller coasters. Uh-huh. Yep. That's, I was just that's scared. I know. And then I had to, you know, a year, like a, probably a year into this job, I was like, okay, I got to. I got to go on the ups and downs. So I like went on all the scary ones at Universal and just braved it. So I kind of saw you sort of pop up about a year ago. Like you kind of came on my radar because of your interview on the Disney dish. Were you doing like a lot of theme park, you know, reporting before that or just kind of just started in the last year or so? Oh yeah, I've been uh, I've been doing it for five years. I've probably been doing it full time for about three and a half, four. But it's just you know I cover so many different parts of the resort that for a while a lot of the stories I were writing were mostly geared towards people who are Disney fans but aren't visiting the parks as much. So a lot of stories helping people plan trips who don't necessarily know as much as the core Disney fan base. So for right. a couple of years I was kind of doing the same job, but in a little bit of a different bubble. And then I became so invested in it that I just, you know, I I made friends who were Disney fans and like, I became a much, 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 much bigger Disney fan. And then was just kind of in the circle and in the community. And now I just yell on Twitter about things that old me wouldn't know what I was talking about. Do do you sometimes find that your friends who are not Disney fans think you might be a little crazy? Cause mine think I'm crazy. A little bit, at least. Yeah. Um, (laughs) My friends from New York, thankfully, understand it from an editorial perspective, because basically I have been on an assignment for five years. Like, I I found a niche that I'm writing about, and I'm just still writing about it. So they get it from that kind of magazine brain perspective. But my friends from home are just like, another silly thing Carly's up to. Like. But while I was on the trip, some of my friends became as obsessed as I am with it. Oh, cool. Okay, that's good. So, yeah, so it happened to a few of us, and a few of us just didn't care. 
Do you wonder ever, do you sort of wonder yourself what made it click for you? Because I I feel like there were just a number, for me personally, there were a number of little things that kind of clicked in my brain. And suddenly I just liked it more than like the average person. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm curious to hear if your situation was similar to this, but I myself didn't understand why I liked it until I read an interview that AJ, who runs Disney Food Blog, gave to Eater. And in it, she was talking about how she started the website when she was living in New York. And it kind of, it filled this hole that she had in her life that she maybe didn't realize where you go there and everyone's friendly. And it's like, it's all about customer service and people being nice to you and greeting you. And it's the type of inverse of experience you can get a lot of times in New York. And so you'd go there and it would be just, it would be a utopia. And it was a, it's a really nice escape, and it's the opposite of a busy city where you're grinding and working all day. So that, for me, going there just felt so light compared to, you know, the everyday of adulthood working in New York. And I love New York, but it was, it was just a really nice, really nice thing to do. And it was a way to channel all the things I had as an interest when I was younger. And, you know, I would, I would go to state fairs as an adult, and I would do all these things that I didn't realize a theme park would have. Like I, I'm passionate about nacho cheese. I'm passionate about <laughs> like going on children's rides, like all these things that I should have put together sooner, but didn't. I think almost for me, it it's not, I, I see the point of that, but I also feel like it's sometimes it's home. You know, I grew up in a military family. So Orlando is almost home in a way, even though I did not grow up, grow up on that coast. I grew up on the West coast, but it just seems like home sometimes. I don't, I don't know a better way to put it. So I feel like that too. Yeah. If I could second what Carly said, I'm from New Jersey. So I, I'm in that New York bubble of craziness and Florida, central Florida, Disney world is the complete opposite of what it is here. And it's like she said, it's the people being nice it's the people, it's the cast members, you know, smiling and greeting, hello, that just calms me down, and I feel safe, and I can, you know, sort of just be myself in this, you know, bubble area for five days. And as an adult, it's, it's something nice to to have, just to not have to worry about your real life for a couple days, and uh, not have to deal with it. Don't you feel like it's really anonymous, though? Like, in a way, like, you're in this crowd, you could wear whatever you want and do whatever you want within reason, and there's, like, this amazing anonymity, but at the same time, you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like that part of it. You know, Getting although now so I, deep. I know. I always feel that way. I feel like, you know, like, and, I, and I've talked to families who have children, and, and this is kind of like off the topic, but I've talked to families who have children with, like, disabilities that might be d- considered disruptive in other environments, and that's one thing they always come back to. At Disney, my kid can do whatever they want, and nobody's watching them. Mm. And I think to a lesser extent, I feel that way too. I can walk around and and just, I don't know. It's an escape. So I just want to go back, Carly. So you're what you go there for your bachelor party. And then right around that time, you, you, it's your first visit. You start to fall in love, but you're also at that time beginning a relationship with this new young man who has stolen your heart. And a couple (laughs) months later, uh, you, you have your wedding while at the same time, you're beginning to start this relationship with, the Walt Disney brand. Does your husband share your passion for for Disney or is he one of the people who doesn't get it? 
you know, does, does he share your passions with you? <laughs> he is, um, like he, he, I usually have him go with me maybe once a year. And it's funny because he isn't really a fan. Like he's not someone who's like dying to get on space mountain, but when we go, there are very clear things that he wants to do. So whenever he's there with me, it's like he wants to do X, Y, and Z, and we do those things. So usually I selfishly don't want to bring him because I want to do what I want to do. Well, don't we all? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Carly. So, uh, you know, eventually you transition. You said you were in journalism. uh, And and eventually you transition into the the theme park world, uh, not specifically Disney. How do you make that transition? And, you know, are there places where we can see your content uh, you know, maybe websites or, or, you know, media that you've written columns for? Newspapers? Do they still exist? <laughs> TBD in the next few weeks, sadly. <laughs> um, so I, I began writing a travel leisure after I came back from the trip. I was super interested in Disney. And, you know, as a, as a reporter, my background is when I find something I'm interested in, I am 100% committed. So I immediately dove into reading and learning every single thing I could possibly absorb. So I began writing there probably like four to six stories a month. But what happened was that because that was in 2015, yeah, 2015, I gradually became more and more interested and and wrote more and more stories at the same time that Disney was using the internet more and more to share their news and was really kind of adopting more of a social media friendly presence. So while I was, you know, looking for more stories, there were more stories there. So that's kind of why it snowballed. Because if you think about the amount of news that they release now, like when the park was in full swing a few months ago, there would be news breaking two or three times a day. And when I first began, it, it was not like that at all. So because there were so many new announcements and seasonal menus and attractions opening, it's just, it, it never stopped because it was just news, 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 news. Since writing for Travel and Leisure, I expanded to write for, I do a lot of food coverage for Eater. I tend to write kind of one-off feature stories for different people. Most recently I did uh, a big deep dive about female Disney fans for Glamour. So it really kind of caters a different perspective of the Disney community for each magazine outlet that I'm writing for. Yeah, I was looking at some of the articles that you have up on your site. It's really, really cool that you've been able to diversify so so much with so many different types of publications talking about Disney. I think that's really cool. Thanks. It's It's been really fun. It's interesting because when I started, everyone I worked with thought I was losing my mind. Uh, every editor like didn't understand why I was so passionate about this, like didn't understand that a lot of the things about this resort are very cool. And convincing different people, like placing stories in GQ is so difficult. Yeah. And I pulled it off. Things like that uh, have been really exciting because I've been on both sides of it, where before I knew nothing about it, was like, that's not for me. Some people like it, but not me. And then now that I'm inside, I'm kind of able to translate those stories back to that audience since I used to be them. And let's not be shy. Let's uh, give Carly's website to everybody uh, who wants to check out her content. It's carlyweisel.com, C-A-R-L-Y-E-W-I-S-E-L.com. Oh, yeah. It's really cool. Now, I did want to ask you, was the $15,000 dinner worth it? Well, I did not pay. So, <laughs> but if you were to pay, I mean, would you? Would you, I mean, was it was it all like as awesome as I would think it would have to be? It was very, very, very cool. If I was paying fifteen thousand dollars, I would be asking for the moon. But 
in terms I of like, too. yeah, I think that if, if you're looking for something very, very, very special, maybe an alternative to a wedding, something like that, where you want to have an intimate gathering that is a once in a lifetime experience, I think it's really great for that. And the food is fantastic. The drinks are great. Granted, like if I was paying for it out of pocket, I would want to dine with all of the characters. Like I would really just be requesting some crazy stuff. But uh, generally speaking, it was a wonderful night. And that's at Disneyland's 21 Royal restaurant for anybody. Wait a minute. Know. I didn't see this. What happened? So there was a, a there's literally a $15,000 dinner that you can attend. Yes, you can book it. They do it a few nights a week. Um, oh my and goodness! It's essentially, <laughs> a it's a buyout of a space that's adjacent to Club Thirty Three. So you're kind of you're looking over the park similarly, but you have the entire space to yourself and your party. And it's a really elegant evening, start to finish. They pick you up at the Grand Californian, they take you backstage, and then you cross the tracks into the park. It's like a, it's all very special and kind of is filled with moments where Disney fans will just be blown away over and over and over wow that's amazing well for fifteen thousand dollars it's better fifteen thousand dollars i sh- my waiter should be chris pratt fifteen thousand dollars <laughs> i also want a pedicure and a foot yeah. massage <laughs> yeah while i'm eating while i'm eating <laughs> let's take for you. one <laughs> actually right now we're probably just a little focused on pedicures because no one's had one for a while yes. so. yep <laughs> I don't okay. do it the best myself. I'm sorry. No, it's just too difficult. So, Carly, in your years as writing for Disney theme parks, what is your favorite sort of experience that you got to cover? You know, whether it be a whole land opening or, you know, a new churro. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> a new churro. Um, okay, there's two. So, I, uh, my favorite reporting experience. So this is less a favorite, more memorable. A couple of years ago, there were three overlapping press openings. So you had Volcano Bay at Universal Orlando Resort. You had Pandora, the World of Avatar at Disney World. And the next day, you had Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout at California Adventure. Oh. And there were a number of us who were covering all three. And the Volcano Bay and Pandora openings were at the same time. So it was... A non-stop blur. I remember showing up because it, there was a, a weather situation where, you know, Volcano Bay is an outdoor water park or a water theme park, as they prefer we call it. And there was a storm coming in. So I was running from slide to slide trying to get it in before I arrived at Pandora, like dripping wet, like in a bathing suit and in clothes, just trying to like get on the rides after having gone down water slides for hours. And then had to file all my stories while I was flying across the country to barely make it to a new one. So that's like, that is truly a reporting situation like none other I've ever been in. And, you know, keep in mind, like, everybody who works at the company, too, had to balance the coast-to-coast openings. But in terms of the best time I've ever had, I recently got to report on Crown Collection, which is uh, the category of offerings at Walt Disney World that include, like, club level at the Grand Floridian and Club 33 and all of the, like, Golden Oak, all of the elite fancy schmancy things. And that wasn't a bad trip. I'll tell you that. Wow. Of the crown offerings, what was your favorite? Um, 
let me think. Golden Oak is always very cool to see because it's not something you can really see on your own. Yeah. And it's really interesting to see them offer something that is quite opposite of a vacation, which is a permanent residence. But during that trip, it's going to sound like I'm being uh, showy, but they took us inside the castle. Oh, And I, nice. I don't know why. I truly don't know why because nothing they were offering takes you inside the castle. But for some reason, for part of this, they're like, yep, come on. And so that was crazy because I never thought I would be allowed in there. And I still don't know why I was, but seeing it was very cool. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't question it. I would just go. Yeah. Uh -huh. That'd be yep. awesome. I'd be like, I'm going in. What did it live up to the expectations? I've seen pictures. It just looks like a room with fancy schmancy stuff, but. Yeah, it was it... cool. I was, see, I was more interested, not in like, ooh, like the bedroom and the bathroom, but in the way the windows are set. Because once ah. you're in there, I didn't know where I was. I couldn't, yeah. like, the, I lost all sense of direction. The windows are kind of, um, what's that called? Where it's like faded out. Yeah. So you can't really see out very well, which shocked me because I thought it would, it would you know, yeah. feel like you were basically on a balcony looking, but you can't really see out that well. And so kind huh. of being perched up there trying to see where I was, was so wow. confusing and fun. So you did the Galaxy's Edge opening and I, I was obsessed. Now, I think all of us on the show, except for Liza, who's not a Star Wars fan, we were all really obsessed with the Galaxy's Edge opening, you know, trying to figure out when it would happen. You got to go in a little early. What was that like? It was wild. It was my first true hard hat tour. I've done a few where they kind of, they give you a hard hat because it's, it's a safety precaution. You have to wear like a goggles and hard hat. But I've been in like basically completed attractions or things that are just dusty, like everything's in place. This was a work site. This was truly a hard hat construction tour. They were taking us in like half built spaces, walking us around that land. And like the way that land is set up is unlike anything else. So as you can imagine, being in that land that's like half built and dusty and trying to like scroll down notes is a mind melt. Was oh, sorry, it a big ahead. group or was it just like a handful of people? It was a handful of people. They, um, they've done it twice now where they do these events that are under embargo. So you, you can't tell anyone any details from it, but uniquely to this, you also can't tell anyone you are on it. So it's, it's like all secret. And that was a, a really interesting trip because usually Disney stuff, you know, you're, they're breaking news. They're inviting you to go on a new ride. You don't have to hold anything. And this was three days where we just absorbed every detail of Galaxy's Edge and had time to digest it before we can tell people about it. So it was a very unique experience. And it was like three days of learning that culminated in physically walking the space. So by the time we got there, we knew that they had used like old droid wheels to make droid tracks in the pads. Like you can see all these things that they told you about, even though they were completely under construction. So it was, it was at the most unique experience maybe I've ever had. And I had heard from your interview on another show, Disney Dish with Lynn Testa, that you went to Lucasfilm and Imagineering in Glendale first, right? That, that's yes. the learning you're talking oh, yeah. about, right? Yeah, it was wild. We flew to San Francisco and we went to Lucasfilm and we had an initial panel there because, I mean, if you think about it, from every, like if, if you had to, if you had a blank sheet of paper and you had to write down everything you know about Galaxy's Edge, it would probably take you two hours because there's so much detail and backstory. And we had to learn all of that. So it was basically a three-day conference of learning every detail about the park, starting with the story, working all the way to the specifics. So we went to Lucasfilm for an initial panel about kind of the characters, the storylines, the top-level stuff. And then we flew to 
flew back to Burbank and then we stayed overnight there. And then we went to WDI. We did more panels about the land, like deeper detail, things like that. And then we ended at Disneyland with a few more panels, tried all the food. And then after we did the food tasting, we went into the land. I would just like to state for the record that I am not jealous of you at all. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> all right. oh my gosh, when she's talking, I'm like, all her friends hate her. Okay, but for, mean- what it's, <laughs> for what it's worth, I'm like, it sounds like so super chill, like, la la la, getting on a plane, when really it's like, oh my God, I don't know what this story is going to be. How am I ever going to understand who Hondo Onaka right. is in this place? Like, it's, it's unbelievably stressful. I didn't eat for days or sleep while wow. writing these stories. I, I honestly, I didn't sleep for four or five days. It was insane. <laughs> Someone called me as the embargo broke and I was screaming at them like, I cannot talk right now. Like just un- unbelievable amounts of work, but also paired with a once in a lifetime experience. Oh, so yeah. I promise it's not, it's not as chill as I'm making it sound. It is a lot of like, tell me what ingredient is in this dish. But besides that, uh, it was a good time. Well, and I mean, even now when I go there, I, I feel like there's so many things I don't recognize, even as someone who enjoys Star Wars. So I can't imagine having to sort of take everything in and you don't know who any of these characters are. It's all new. I'm sure it's really stressful. It's it's really wild because you're in the room and you're learning all these things for the first time. So they are, they are saying these things on the record for the very, very first time. And if you don't get the detail you need there, it's really tricky to get it after the fact because they have 30 reporters asking follow-up questions and there's a hard deadline when everything's out. So you need to get your questions answered and you are standing with 29 other people who also need to get their questions answered and might be hitting it from the Star Wars angle or the movie angle or all or the tech angle. And you're just trying to get like an, an item confirmed for eater or it's just, there's so many levels to it, but that's, that's what I love about it. That pairs like the hard news background that I have with the love of entertainment and experiences like this and kind of melds them together. It's interesting because when I heard the Len Testa interview, which I, I will never forget listening to it at the gym and just being, I mean, it was probably one of their, okay, I love their show, but it was a really good show and I'm not just being nice. It just, it didn't seem like that. It sounded kind of effortless. So it's kind of interesting <laughs> to know the backstory. <laughs> They've done two of these events now and I'm, I'm probably skipping ahead because I'm sure we'll talk about this later, but they did an event like this for Galaxy's Edge and then they did one for Avengers Campus recently. And Basically, the Avengers Campus one was much more abbreviated than the multi-day Galaxy's Edge one. But basically, you are given 40,000 puzzle pieces, and you need to piece them together and also create a new puzzle from them. Wow. Uh, So what I did for Galaxy's Edge, which worked really well, which is now my method going forward, is that I make something that I call the Bible. I do too much work, which is foolish, but it, it helps in the long run because I transcribe every single thing that they say. I write down every single note. I put it in a massive outline that, you know, breaks, it'll be food and then it'll be restaurant, restaurant decor, uh, restaurant process, uh, restaurant details, dish details, ingredient details, so that I have every single fact if I need to find it for a story. And by doing that process for, you know, like, I'm not kidding, I did not sleep for four or five days by the time I got to that interview, I was like, this is the only thing in my brain. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm going to just jump on one thing for a second to confirm Carly's attention to detail with her outlines. In this coronavirus you know, quarantine, she has put together spreadsheets of where people can locally order groceries uh-huh. for 
food in Los Angeles area and I think New York and places where you can like buy I think masks and such. It's all on her Twitter account. I've seen it. It is insane the amount of effort that you put into that. And I'm like looking at it, I'm like, I don't even do this much work for my job and like, you're not getting paid for this. Like this isn't like theme park journalism. This is like you just trying to help out the community and it's really great and if your outlines for Star Wars Galaxy Edge or anything like that, I, I can't imagine. It's really you do a really good job <laughs> with that stuff. Thank you. Thanks so much. I you know, I have a very specific and uh, not helpful set of skills. And so when all of this started happening, I just I knew I was struggling trying to find these resources and just figured like I'm someone with a research background who her strength is communicating. And I knew that by making that it would help people and it would be a way to contribute using the small <laughs> skills that I have. Hmm. No, it's it's impressive. Let's ask about, since you brought it up, Avengers Campus. I know you probably can't tell us very much. The one thing is... Oh, I can tell you everything. Okay. Ooh. Oh, well then, okay. Ooh, there <laughs> what we did go. You... So, okay, what I'm wondering is, and, you know, Adam's, biz... Adam's company does construction at Walt Disney World, so he sometimes has a little bit of insight into what, what's going on there as far as construction goes. And we know they're not doing anything at Walt Disney World. I guess they won't be opening Avengers Campus in July like they had previously anticipated because they're not working at all, right? Nothing has been confirmed to me personally in terms of extending the deadline. But, you know, just the fact that I'm a human alive in this time, I have to assume that that date will be pushed. Yeah, that's sad. I actually have reservations out there, but I don't think it's happening for that. Okay, so let's go. Guys, what do you want to know? I'm I'm kind of a blank slate on this one. Everything. Everything. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Well, it's a little confusing because there's there's two rides, right? There is or there will be rides. There is one there's one attraction essentially because okay. there will be um there will be an Avengers e-ticket ride. But the way I've been explaining it is imagine that you are arriving for first day of freshman year and that's senior graduation. Like that's kind of how far away it is. Okay. It's not something that will be coming when the land opens. It won't be coming shortly after. It's a large mm. undertaking that's further in the future. And do you know where that where's, where it's going to be? Because that whole area seems like it's kind of full with what they're already putting in there. It's not that um, big of a space. Uh, the exact location of it has not been confirmed to me. Okay. And and you don't know the theme of it? Uh, well, the, the only detail that's ever been confirmed for that ride was at D23 Expo from last okay. year. So basically, it's like the spiel they gave on stage that you will board a Quinjet and then you will kind of fight alongside your heroes. Uh, that's that's as much as we know. There's not much detail about the tech involved. Um, there's Nothing new has come out in regards to that ride. So... I wish there was more because I want to go on it. Yeah. I don't know what they told you, but last year I did a behind the scenes tour at the studios in Burbank and they were saying that 2020 was Avengers campus. 2022 was going to be the campus phase two. Now, of course, the, these Corona delays have pushed things back. So I, I would expect to see something no earlier than 2022. Right. And when I also, I should add, when I say like freshman year, senior year graduation, that's not me saying it's going to be four years. I'm <laughs> just saying it's the type of thing where it's it's not coming around the bend. Okay. But let's get into the good stuff. What do you, what do you know about slinging webs? Uh, it looks very cool. I'm super excited. I am, I'm, it's not the type of attraction that would usually pull me in. 
because I'm not, it is based somewhat on the same system as Toy Story Mania. It is very different, but the ride system is similar. And that's not, I don't love a, I don't love a competitive game because I'm not good at it. But this one I'm very excited about because the way that the motion capture technology is going to work is that you don't have to hold on to anything. You don't have to have your hand in a specific location. They're going to track your, your head location, your shoulders, your wrists, your arms, and they're going to make sure that it looks and feels like a web is coming out of your wrist. Wow. That sounds crazy. Did you yeah. ride it? We did not ride it. We toured the attraction. We saw uh, we saw the ride cycling. So we saw the the load area, uh, the ride vehicles, things like that. And then we also saw some footage and some media of people on it shooting webs, so that we could see. And on it, the way that they showed it, it was four people because it's a four. It's an eight seat vehicle, four on each side. It was four people slinging webs, and you could see how they were capturing their motions. Okay, hmm. you were in glasses, three D glasses. Yes, you are. Okay. I I'd just like to tell you that uh, I don't know how long it's been since you've had a man tell you this, but you've just made the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. I get that way whenever there's a whenever there's Avengers talk. Yeah, it's pretty nuts because the thing that they kept drilling into us was that like you you won't see where the web comes out of your wrist, but not only that, the you will be able to control it so you can latch onto objects, you can move things, you can open doors. Like the webs will be interactive in a way that I, I've never had that sensation. And it seems like what they've pulled off with it is going to be crazy. Oh my gosh, you made me want to like Spider-Man. Spider-Man's the best, come on. Is he really the best? Well, I don't know. I mean, all of all of it's good. All of the Marvel is good. You you would like it if you got it, if you started well, watching the movie. Well, if I could do a like sling a web like that, I think that would be really fun. I'm pretty interested in that. I think that's fun because I wasn't excited about this ride because I'm not a fan of the comic book things and all of that. But I do like rides, <laughs> and so it's going to be really yeah. cool. And it's it's really family friendly, which I appreciate. So you're going to be able to go on with, I believe, kids of all ages, if my quarantine brain has not failed me. But <laughs> it looks it's like you could. Yeah, I... it's going to be like really fun because you don't have to, you don't have to be any age. Like you can just go with young kids, you can go with grandparents, and it'll. It's pretty intuitive. You just throw your hand out. Yeah, because when from the drawings that I'm seeing on here on your sci-fi blog that you do, it looks really cool. It really does. So I'm I'm really excited about it. You you actually made me. The most excited that I've been about this ride. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be really fun. And something I really like about it is that it's kind of built for a local audience. So it's built for a Disney fan who wants to go back again and again and again to try oh, to unlock yeah. new things and to get a, a higher score. So I really appreciate that there is something in there where it's not like you'll ride it a few times and be done with it. Yeah. There's really more to discover every time. And you know with these things, they always build in teamwork because like, well, Avengers. Um, and so... Like, I'm really curious to see what happens between, like, once you master your your own skill and, like, opening things, what it'll be like mm -hmm. when you guys work together to specifically do something in each scene. Wow. And, and I think that's, that's something that's missing on a lot of rides these days is a lot of these rides are great from a technical standpoint, but you get on them and it's the same thing every time. So to have some type of interactivity where... You know, you can open a door with a with a web and maybe you didn't open it last time, but you try to open it this time. And, you know, I, I think that that makes it more rideable and that you want to experience something over and over again. You know, I'm at the point where, as everyone knows, I still haven't seen Rise of the Resistance or ridden Rise of the Resistance. 
And from what I've heard of it, it's like, okay, once I ride it, that excitement is gone. And the next time I ride it, it's just going to be the same ride. I might notice something different, but essentially it's the same ride. So for them to put something in it where things change, you know, I, I think that's a big plus. Yeah. Well, Tony, I haven't ridden Rise of the Resistance either, if that I makes know. you feel any better. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, well, okay. Don't let's tell me Carly. that. Let's just rub salt in the wound. <laughs> let, let me ask Carly, of all the things that Disney has come out with, say, starting with Pandora, what's your favorite? Just Ooh, one ride. Like professional favorite? Ooh, I'm tied between Rise and uh, Flight of Passage, but it depends what you're looking for. I think both yeah. are, I don't even know if both can be compared in a way because they are so different, but I'm someone who will always choose moving through space over having an experience that simulates movement. So personally, I think Rise of the oh, Resistance. That's interesting because, I mean, you make a good point because you're really not going anywhere with Flight of Passage, but at the same time, I feel, I felt that was more exhilarating than Rise of the Resistance. Although I noticed, and I, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like you have a different experience with Rise depending on which way you go. And maybe I was just imagining this, but it, I felt like, like I had slightly different you know, it was a little different depending. Oh, definitely, yeah. Depending on which car you're in, also okay. depending on what row you're in can kind of make a difference. Yeah. Um, I won't elaborate on that because some people haven't been on it, but yeah. uh, it's the type of thing people. where, you know, when I'm reporting these stories, I'm like, okay, I got to figure out, will this make anyone motion sick? Is there any best seat that you want to request? Things like that. And I sat in a bunch of different ones and was like, it, you don't even have to worry about it because you're going to get a good experience either way. Yeah. And the pre-show is fantastic. Like it, if you get a really good cast member, it's a lot of fun. We were there yeah. at Christmas and we had the grumpiest, meanest cast member and she was so <laughs> hilarious. It was the best time. And then, but other times I've gone through and they're not as interactive. To me, that was the best part of the ride was the pre-show. So, okay. Let me ask you, what are you most looking forward to? Being in the park. I don't care what I do. I don't ah. care where I go. Like, just oh, yeah. get me in the park. This is, uh, I'm really, really missing it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> now that yeah. we're like rounding week six or whatever it is. So I, I don't, as long as I'm standing in there, I'm going to be happy. Me yeah. too. I just want to bask in the glory of Main Street. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even care which park. I mean, I would frankly even go sit in Animal Kingdom. Would uh, you, you know really? I'm not a fan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a nice Oy, park. It's I gotta go. Goodbye. <laughs> I love Animal Kingdom. So I'm sorry. I, it's I beautiful. Know. I just, you know, it's not my favorite. Even um, with the walls up. All yeah. the construction walls. I I would want to be there. I just, yeah, I'm so feeling your pain, Carly. That's what I want to do so bad. I can't wait. I'm going to be so excited. I can't wait either. So do you know, okay, maybe you have some inside and insight into this. Whatever happened to Paint the Night? It was the I best don't show. No, where is Paint the Night? I like want to make wanted posters. Like, where is it? Where <laughs> is it? Where is it? Where has it been? Why it like why? 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 There hasn't even been any good gossip. You know, every now and then some gossip will pop up and you'll be like, okay, well that's plausible. But there's been nothing, there's nothing. about nothing. Paint the night. It just it just kind of disappeared. I hear it uh went away to make room for Spectra Magic. <sighs> back. <laughs> I'm just joking. I wanna ask about Avengers Campus some more. Yeah. They have a couple shows that they're gonna have if you could just elaborate on what you know about the Doctor Strange show, the Dora Melage. Yes, I don't, I'm not saying that right. The Wakanda I Warriors. Think, the, 
I believe it's Dora Milaje. Uh, but yes, yeah, so basically uh, what's really interesting about the land is that it's built for just ongoing entertainment. So throughout the day, there's going to be a lot of different things happening. The centerpiece entertainment is going to take part atop Avengers headquarters, which is in the center of the land and is built so high that you can really see it from far away, which will be really cool because when you're entering the land, you'll be able to get a glimpse of it. And so to be able to enter a land and like see the thing happening from that far away is so unique, but that will be a stage show with um, a handful of characters, including a black widow, um, sometimes captain America and a few others. I believe black Panther is in that. And they will be battling Taskmaster. They, all this is from up until recent times. So this is everything that we know so far. Things could always change, especially in the face of everything that's happening and that the films are pushed, things like that. But the villain in that is Taskmaster and Taskmaster kind of has a face-off with them on top of the headquarters. And that happens a few times a day as down below there are floating meet and greets. So, you know, it'll just be Thor and Loki walking around, things like that. And within kind of the general space walking through, there will be a experience with the Dora Milaje where um, we weren't getting too much details about this one, but it'll be kind of Wakandan warrior training. So I imagine an interactive, probably focus more on a younger audience, teaching them different moves because the whole ethos of the land is to give normal people like us who are boring and have no special talents to make us kind of these de facto heroes. Did you get to see the Stuntronic uh, animatron we while you were didn't, there? We did not see it there. It wasn't in place when we were there, but I've seen the training space at WDI before where they have like the, the, like the netting that they flew it through originally. Right, um, right, okay. That will be happening on top of web slingers so that'll be happening on top of the attraction building for the spider-man ride so basically there will be two rooftop things happening the main center rooftop one is the avengers stage show situation stage show is actually it's like a stunt show but on a rooftop and then spider-man will be periodically throughout the day will be up there doing lord knows what that's the spider-man quote-unquote robot that we saw at imagineering story Yes. Okay. Did they tell you anything about this Doctor Strange Sanctum area yes. show? Um, so when we were in there, that space was not as far as long as the other ones. So there okay. were there wasn't a lot of details, but the, the Sanctum has kind of two portions to it. One portion, it looks kind of like a relaxing park. And then the other portion is where he will do his entertainment. It's, there's not, like, there's not that many details beyond, you know, the stuff you can imagine where, like, he'll have participants and it'll be interactive and he'll, things will happen. But there's, that's the thing that there's the least detail about right now. Okay. And then you're big on, we all are big on, our listeners are big on food. Yes. And they got the Pim Test Kitchen and I've read what you said, but you got to tell us, did you try any of the food? Did you like anything? Did you not like anything? Yeah, we tried a got? lot of it. Um, the food is always a little different in these setups than it is when the park's actually open and the kitchen is in full swing. But the food I thought was really great. I really like that there's a lot of large sharing portions, which is fun, especially for someone like me who goes to Disneyland Resort with my friends and wants to eat as many different things as possible and split things nine ways. Um, one of the standout things I had was a pimini, which is their take on a panini and you can order it like a pizza. So you can have one slice, which is a sandwich, or you can have a family size gigantic sandwich, which is very cool. 
Okay, so that's the one we saw with the different colored foods, and they're having like they're playing with portions and like size and everything. Was that the one? Yes. Okay, that was the one with a little bun and the big yeah. bacon-looking thing. On it's the- like a large chicken schnitzel, essentially, with a slider bun. Yeah, okay, that's what it was. Because I was really confused by that. I was, But I guess I didn't see... If that was in a movie, I must have not seen it. Because I haven't seen any of those movies, but... It's see, not Ant-Man, even from the Ant-Man movie. can change his size, Liza. So that's the whole play there is... Is it's Dr. Hank Pym's test kitchen? Okay, so he's testing out changing the size so things, of the things, food. Things are some, th- some things may be larger than they're supposed to be. Some things may be smaller than they're supposed to be. It's a whole. So it's uh, like, honey, I shrunk the kids. There you go. Let's and put he's it got in your the terms. Ray gun. <laughs> 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 okay, never mind. <laughs> well, it was just kind of different, and so sometimes I don't know how I feel about eating foods that are strange colors that are not found in nature. <laughs> Yeah, the the only thing there's only a few things there that are strange colors. The main colorful item would be the um, I believe it's the road Rodian ration, if my brain still works, um, which it will be a swirled, colorful flavored churro sold outside of Mission Breakout. Mm, churro, More they churros. love the churros over there, man. They, they really do. Them. Am I wrong? No, that's a drink. I've lost my mind. Well, we all have. So join the club. <laughs> yeah, it's no, the that's an over cantina. What now? I gotta figure out what the churro is. Well, we saw some crazy drink too that had some. I think it was did have like some smoke or slime or something. I don't know. I just that rather been an ogus. Didn't look appetizing to me personally, but it might. Uh, be it is good. the sweet spiral ration. Ah, okay. I was close. I was close. My Star Wars brain had taken over, but yes. Sweet spiral wrap. There's a lot of parallels between the Galaxy's Edge food in here. So they have all melded yeah. together in my brain. <laughs> Do you know, oh. I felt like they missed the boat in a bit, in a way with Ogus because I didn't really enjoy any of the drinks in there. But I thought Docking Bay 7, I thought, I mean, totally different, of course. We're not talking about Avengers now. But I, I thought that Docking Bay 7, they did a phenomenal job with the food. Did, do you enjoy those foods or, you know? Oh, yeah, that's, um, that's probably my favorite quick service at Disneyland is Dr. Okay. I think that the menu is really strong. I think that they tweaked it a bit for the better. And uh, I really enjoy almost everything on it. Yeah, those vegetarian meatballs are the best. I think also, I mean, I think if they can do that in Avengers Campus, I would, I would like to see that. I just like to see some different things. Well, which... you'll, you'll find it at this place. Everything okay. is, is uh, approachable, but still special. Okay. That's good to hear. What is, um, okay. Let's, can we ask you about some of your favorites just sort of like off the, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, which is your favorite U S park? I, I feel like it's illegal to not say the Magic Kingdom. So uh, Magic Kingdom, parentheses, Epcot. Okay. That, well, Liza <laughs> would tell you it was Epcot. That's her favorite. So Even Yeah, I love Epcot. Magic over Disneyland proper. Yes. Yeah. To me, Walt Disney World is the big show. Okay. And I know, I know a lot of people love Disneyland for the history and that it's more intimate and there's so much happening there. But for some reason, uh, I'm just, I'm wired as a Disney world person specifically. Oh. I feel like Disneyland, I, I think you hit on it. It's, it is a more intimate park and it feels like a family park. And for that reason, I love it. But I agree with you. I think it's magic. But then I think it's California Adventure. I think California Adventure is the perfect theme park. 
I know no one else agrees, but she I do. loves California Adventure. Love it. <laughs> and Lamplight Lounge, best food in any, any Disney park. So, okay. I, what's your- I love Lamplight Lounge, but uh, that's a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, know, I know there's a lot of choices. Okay. What's Epcot, your favorite Epcot. international park? Uh, Tokyo Disney Sea. There's oh, it goes so bad. Literally, there is nothing like it. It's uh, it feels like going to the moon, but <laughs> Disney created it. It's yeah. unreal. It's unreal. Okay. That is my dream like destination park overseas. That's the one I want to go to so bad. It's just so like you go there, and I went with my husband. Uh, we've been twice. We most recently went at the end of December. Like we just barely made it, oh. and it like. Even him, who isn't really a theme park person, he is like, how much money did they spend on this place? Like, just the detail and level of execution, even if you're not obsessed with every detail, you can't help but recognize that it's special and there's nothing like it in the world. Oh, I'm so, I so want to go. That's my bucket list right there, that one. Burn Carly, your savings, you- honestly, you have to do it. It's so good. Have, have you visited all of the international parks? Yes, I have. Oh! <gasps> Oh my gosh, now I'm officially jealous. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, you know, it's not, it's almost never vacation. Uh, you know, I, I go to the parks during my free time, but it is, it is a lot. It's a lot. I'm, okay. I'm there to research. Like, I'm there to ask cast members questions. I'm there to find out details, like, to confirm things that I've written down from notes years ago. So it is, uh, as someone who has traveled with me would probably attest, it is not very fun but it's uh, the thing I wake up and do every morning. So yeah. I love it. Well, That's I actually love it. what we tell our spouses. You know, we'll have to go <laughs> to Turks and Caicos. Look, this is a research trip. I know you're going to be thinking I'm having a good time on the beach, but I'm, I'm really <laughs> working. So, yeah, okay. We'll, we'll keep your secret safe. Yeah, so if your answer is what I think it's going to be, Liza, you're going to be very happy. <laughs> okay. Carly, what is your favorite snack? I, I feel like I'm being backed into a corner, but you know it's popcorn. Oh, mine too. Mine's but totally s- popcorn. My specific, favorite snack. Specific popcorn, uh, Carly. Come caramel on. Caramel corn in Germany, please. Oh, my goodness. Caramel corn, caramel coochie, best snack best, ever. It's best always snack ever. my answer. It's like the only sweet snack you can put in your bag and it won't melt. It is ideal. It is delicious. I, uh, I have to, <laughs> I've had to stop myself well, from yeah, bringing it on an airplane because I will eat if it's in my bag, I will finish it. So I have to put it in my checked luggage. Like, cannot, oh. cannot have it on me because I am so addicted to it. Me too. I, I like to buy multiple bags, sometimes four or five bags, mm-hmm. because yep. I need to take them home with me. Yes. And I could never work in there. I've, I, fe- I would fear that I would get t- I would either get tired of it or I would eat so much of it that I would have to call that doctor on my 600-pound life. <laughs> and be like, hey guys, I'm sorry. I, I just OD'd on this popcorn. It's the best. It's, Hands it's perfect. It's a perfect food. That's why Epcot's so good. Let's stick with food and go with your favorite restaurant. Any type of restaurant or any. Oh, okay. We'll go quick service and table service. Quick service. As I mentioned, Docking Bay 7 at Disneyland is usually my go to. I eat a, like a little more normal, healthier at Disneyland because, you know, I'm driving from my house, I'm not on vacation. And at Disney World, like, even though I'm there for work, all bets are off, you know, because I don't, I'm not, I'm like, my home isn't there. Like, I don't have an apple in the fridge. Like, I'm going <laughs> crazy. So at Disney World, quick service wise, um, I really love Satuli. 
Oh, me uh, even though the vibe there is always stressful because everyone wants an indoor seat. <laughs> I, what have I been eating lately? I do, I'm like, I'll mess with a Pecos Bill sometimes late at night. Pecos Bill. But That's it's like desperation food. Yeah, though. it's not my favorite. Yeah, Satouli is definitely, definitely a go-to for me. Yeah, me too. I like that fried tofu with the kale, the salad. That's what I get. Ooh, yeah. I usually, I switch it up. I really change it up every time I'm there. We don't change things up. We usually order the same thing all the time. I, I can't. That's our problem. I want, it, yeah, I want to change it, and I go to the menu, and I'm like, I'm going to really try that. I'm going to try that uh, shrimp. Or I'm going to try that chicken. I'm going to try the chicken. And then I go to order, and the same thing comes out of my mouth every time. <laughs> I'm on mm-hmm. auto order. <laughs> That's what I do at Via Napoli. I think I'm going to do something different, but I never do. No, you don't. Yes, I do that at Via Napoli too. Every time, pepperoni pizza, pizza can't change, can't shake it, can't shake it. Do <laughs> the pepperoni pizza every it's time. The best. I used to have to ask for extra pepperoni, but I feel like they've figured out that people generally just want a little more pepperoni, so now you don't have to ask anymore. Yeah, they put enough on it. So they're really okay. good pepperoni. Table service. What's your favorite table service? Ooh. So uh, at Disneyland, I don't think I. I don't have, I mean, I, Lamplight Lounge is great. Carnation Cafe is great. It really, it depends what the situation is. Like if I'm there alone or working or if I'm there with friends. But Disney World wise, I love Skipper Canteen. I am a Skipper Canteen stan. I think it is fantastic. I usually at this point don't even eat anywhere else at Magic Kingdom because that, like, that is what I want. They are selling a whole fried fish. In the Magic yeah. Kingdom, like, you you got to support them. I went there recently, though, with, it must have been maybe 12 or 13 people. So we had almost the whole menu. And, like, it was excellent. It almost doesn't have to be. Like, I, I was worried that a few dishes that people ordered would maybe be, like, fine. Because, you know, like, sometimes places change year to year. And it was still absolutely fantastic. I It was a great meal. And I was there with people who were, like, from San Francisco who... Or I don't want to say the word foodies, but like they know their stuff and they were like, this is legit. Wow. What's your favorite thing to get there? Oh my God. So it's, I always get the fried fish. <laughs> always. Really? Yeah. Always. Okay. Um, but they're the, when I went back recently, it was the first time I had their Brazilian cheese bread, which is kind of like a, I guess it's off menu. It's like a secret dish. I found out about it Ooh, from Disney food blog, okay. but that's a really, it's a really good appetizer. Cause that's kind of when you sit down and it's like hot out, like that's what you want. You want a carb in your face immediately. Exactly. And I find that having that before, you know, like picking apart a fish is really nice. I will, I will add also, I've only been, there's a lot of places I usually eat. I've only been once, but Takumi Tei was Maybe the nicest dining experience I've ever had in a park, ever. Oh, I haven't been there yet. It yeah, was we worth need to every check it penny. Out. It yeah. was so elegant. The food was incredible. Um, it it just blew my mind. It's definitely a commitment, though. Like if you're on if you're there on vacation for a short period of time, it might not be a good fit because it is a longer meal and it's you know it's really like a chance to sit and relax. But if you're a regular and you have the time to do it, it's it's so good. Next time we go to Skipper Canteen, I want you to order the whole fish so I can watch you eat it. So we ordered the whole fish at Tiffin's and it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've had it at Skipper Canteen. I might have had it there already. Liza. The one at Tiffin's used to be my favorite, but I end up ordering it more at, at Skipper Canteen. I think people underestimate how much better fish on a bone is as opposed to like a slight, you know, a little piece of fish that they yeah. give you. 
I think it's served with kimchi. Like just the fact that you can get get that in the Magic Kingdom is crazy. It's yeah. crazy. It's usually, and you can walk up to that restaurant most of the time and get yeah, a that's get true. A we were and just almost, talking about that. I mean, and just the menu is it's just so good. There's so many options. I love it so much. Okay, cool. What's your favorite lounge? Ooh. Um, I spend a lot more time lounging at Disney World. I'll usually usually end up just at the Grand Californian wherever whoever I'm meeting up with is at. So I, I don't have much autonomy. If if I could fast pass a lounge, I would say Carthay Circle, but I'm lazy and I won't wait in line. Otherwise, uh Trader Sam's, both coast, big both coast, big fan. If we're counting bars and lounges. I really like Nomad Lounge and Animal Kingdom. I yes. think there's a like a really good vibe there if yeah. that makes sense yes i've always walked up with large groups of people in desperate need for air conditioning and liquor and they have provided <laughs> and oh, it's like nice. the comfy chairs make a difference and you're in this beautiful room and like the views are nice it's just everything about it is very comforting and it's never let me down nice. do you sell tickets for these large groups because i will pay the highest <laughs> amount to join your large groups and go into no, no I just like out. I sometimes a group of friends will be like we're going on vacation and I'm like well obviously I'm coming because I need to I find it very helpful to obs- quietly observe how other people use the parks oh okay so that's interesting yeah so sometimes I'll just go and like attach myself and see see how it goes Adam you should be a blogger I mean you should be a journalist because <laughs> you you do that too <laughs> Yeah, I do. Adam, I... <laughs> Adam, Adam hijacks everyone's vacation but mine. Adam never hijacks mine because I think he's afraid of me. But yes, that's not true. We went to Disneyland together. Remember? Oh, that's right, we did, and you were awesome. And my so my son was like, my son thinks Adam's the best because Adam likes to ride all the rides. So I'm like, yeah, uh, go go ride something with Adam. So yeah, Adam's yeah, fun it, in the park. I was able to go on Heimlich's Choo Choo with your son who was you know, uh, 11 or whatever because I can't go on there by myself. I know. You know oh, God, I can't I do Heimlich's Choo Choo. So that's gone. I'll Heimlich's get kicked out of the worst. park. It's Sorry. The I, it's, it's so fun. cute. It's, it's cute, cute, but it's such a disappointment that it just goes around in like a little circle and that's but it. That's the whole point. It's lame, but it's fun. Well, I didn't know that when I was waiting in the sun for like an hour. Oh. <laughs> All right, I'm let's so upset. Let's go. Oh, I like this one. What's your favorite resort? Ooh, it's tough. I'm a I'm a sucker for Grand Floridian. Which is a basic answer, I know, but is it really? Because that's my my favorite as oh, well. We have so. a couple of basics over here. Yeah, me and me and Adam. You and Adam. It's just so like the theming makes it more elegant than even maybe it should be. Like yeah. I just love like any resort I've been to, even worldwide. There's kind of always like the Victorian one. There's one like in that vein of if I was a grandmother and had a lot of money to blow, like this is where I would go. And I always love it. I love it. I just want to live like an old ghost. <laughs> like I just love it so oh, much. Oh yeah. I love it too. I I mean it is pretty. It's not my favorite deluxe, but it has a I mean, you feel special when you walk in. You know, you feel yes. like you're somewhere kind of special. And I, I like that about it. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful resort. Yeah. I mean, uh, I also, I don't often stay there. I'm staying, Lord knows where. I'm all over the place. Um, yeah, me too, girl. But, you know, if if it's a, like, I'm, I'm planning, usually mo- I'd say eight out of ten of my trips are work. 
So even when I'm going for personal time, I'm still working and writing and researching. But if I'm going just like, oh, I'm going to take a few days to do these few things, I have fallen for Grandestino Tower. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's a great place to stay, especially if you're like one adult or two, or if you're not like a Disney family per se. Uh, I, I really, really liked it. I thought it was really nice. And it was, it was a nice change to what I'm used to. I like how the parking lot is right out front. So you can just park and go yeah. right in. I mean, because a lot of Disney resorts, like, it's such a haul to get to your car. But that is a fantastic resort. I just, I mean, the tower. I just, the yes. rest of the resort kind of leaves me cold. But the tower is great. I yeah, love the it. tower is really nice. And when I, the last time I stayed there, I was I was taking a lift from the airport. I think it was, like, midnight. And so I was like, I'm not waiting for a bus. Uh, so I took a lift. And the lift driver was like, whoa, when we pulled <sighs> in. Because it's, the entrance is so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's really pretty. It's just, it's so nice. I love it. Okay, so I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite Disney character, if you had to pick one? Goofy! I love oh Goofy. Oh my gosh, is it really? I love Goofy. Goofy! Oh, that's cute. I love him so much. Big fan. And what's your favorite Disney movie? Uh, it, it gets me in trouble, but I love Monsters University. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a great movie. I love it. I love it so much. Um, I just, I really appreciate a character that works to make their dreams come true. <laughs> that's nice. I really I like it. I, you know, I was always wishing that they would come out with a, another Monsters ride in Disney World because the one in Land is really cute. It's kind of in the back. Sometimes people overlooked it, but yeah. I wish they would come out with one in World. I mean, we do have Monsters in Laugh Floor, which I still really like that. Oh, I love Laugh Floor. I do. I really do. I'm, I'm really wanting to go back in there. Yeah, that's going to be what I rope drop for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying that would be funny? You're like, yeah, I'm here, guys. <laughs> God, I love Laugh Floor. The past few trips I've gone on, I've been with people who are like, yeah, I don't know. We're like, I only had an hour and couldn't fit it in. But, oh, my God. I love well, it so much. Do you like Country Bears? Okay. So, Uh-oh. I didn't understand why people liked it until I went to Tokyo. Because keep in mind, I'm coming in with not not a lot of attraction nostalgia. So I'm really, like, I'm, I'm judgy. I'm very judgy. And I just didn't get the hype. And <laughs> I went in Tokyo. And oh, my God. It, 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 is, it is like a time warp. Everything is impeccable. And I went during Christmas time. So they have a special Christmas show. And I was screaming into my hands the entire time because it was so good. If you guys have a chance, I highly recommend watching it on YouTube. I'm the, going to. It is, it is pristine. It is pristine. The AAs look like they were built yesterday. <gasps> it, it, it changed me instantly. Okay, okay, okay. So are they singing the regular Country Bear songs? Or are these like, to- like are no, they? No, it's a full Christmas show. Okay, but is it, like, in Japanese? Is it in English? Like, what's no, going on? it's in on? English. It's in English. Oh, it's, it's in English. Yeah, it's really cool. Whoa. Okay, but are they, like, country accents, and they're doing that thing? Oh, yeah, same characters. They have, like, fun little outfits. Oh, I'm, I don't want to spoil anything. You really got well, to watch gonna it. I'm going to YouTube it. I really will. I'm going to YouTube that tonight, the Country Bear Show in Tokyo. So, Tokyo Disneyland it's in? Yeah. Okay. 
before I went to Tokyo, I was at an event. I was talking to Rob Alvey, who runs Theme Park Review. And he was just like, you have to go see it. And I'm like, I'm not a Country Bears person. Like, I, it's, I don't need to. It's fine. And he, oh, I only went to it because he was, like, demanding that I go on it. And I remember texting him after and being like, you were right. You were right. Like, this was a transcendent experience. Wow. So do you think he would appreciate our Country Bears? Um, no, I think it actually made that situation worse oh. because now that I've seen how good it can be, I don't even want to mess with it. Oh no. Our poor little bears. They're uh, so sad. Yeah. It's... <laughs> Which is kind of makes it more funny for me. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a real Chuck E. Cheese situation. Up there. It, it, well, well, animatronically, yes, it really is. But I really, the songs make me laugh. It's yeah, a really I, trip. We have I to feel... go every time. Oh, Really? Oh yeah, it's the I love it. I love how cheesy it is. I the best thing is going there and sitting next to somebody that hasn't been there because oh then they God. start laugh. You can he, you could tell they've never been there because they don't know what they're doing and then they get surprised when the bears are out and then they hear the lyrics <laughs> for so the music funny. and they're like, "What are they singing about?" and it's just so bizarre and you could tell they they've been in there the first time and that's really fun. Oh my god. <laughs> I love they don't know what they're doing when they're watching a bear show. Exactly. Well, the bear looks like he's on something. Let's just be honest. But it's really funny. Oh <laughs> I, I will say, if you're ever there during gay days, you have to go to the two o'clock show. Country Bear Jamboree, gay oh, days. Everyone really? goes and they sing along. It is the funniest things. The cast members get into it. We went a couple years ago. I took my daughter, who was like 10 at the time, and she laughed so hard. And it was us and all these guys. It was the best one. of I, it, You can't top it. So I would recommend yeah. that. That is a great recommendation. It would be worth it. Favorite ride, show, and nighttime show. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. Uh, unpopular opinion, but my favorite ride, my personal favorite ride, not saying it's the best ride, personal favorite is Disney World Space Mountain. I like um, it. I, I love it. It just, it has everything I'm looking for. I love the vehicle there as opposed to the one at Disneyland. Yes, um, yes, yes. Yes, a lot of that. people do not agree with us. <laughs> I've been saying that for years, and everybody gets mad at me, but I say, it when I think of a rocket ship, it's single file, and you're in that <sighs> position. You're not like the Disneyland is where you're side by side. It, it doesn't work. It doesn't yep, remind I, you of going I, to space. I completely agree. People are going to come for us, but that's where I'm that's at. fine. How <laughs> did you make yourself go from a, being a ride chicken to that's your favorite ride? Because I can't make the transition. I oh, well, can't I was, do that ride. I was able to go on that. The only thing I was scared of was upside down coasters. So Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so that was the barrier I had to overcome, which once I did I was like this is fine but Space Mountain it's just I love that there's so much simple thrill there like it's it's timeless and it's just so simple and it works still to this day I mean sometimes when you go around the corner it doesn't feel like it still works but <laughs> technically it, it still works at Disneyland I mean at both parks like I'm really loving a Peter Pan lately you know I love a Haunted oh. Mansion but I really like Mission Breakout I think what they did to that attraction is revolutionary. I think that nobody was expecting them to turn Tower of Terror into whatever that is. And it's just so much fun. It's hard to like really squeeze that much fun out of a ride. And you don't walk off that ride feeling the same as when you got on it. I love the soundtrack to that ride and how the music is. And the screen looks, it looks really cool. I kind of wish they would refurbish Tower 
to make it have more special effects inside, but not change tower because I appreciate that it for what it is. Like I would be kind of upset if they changed it in world, but I feel like they could enhance it a little bit one day. Yeah. I, I'm too scared to comment on that publicly. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Wow. Okay. Cause I love tower of terror. So I like the, the theming. It's, I think it's a cool theme, but yeah, I, uh, mission breakouts just so fun. I personally, I like having one of each. Like I like the tower of terror still stands as is, but I just love, I love yeah. it. And, and then also Everest. Oh, another one of my favorites, but not as emotionally important to me as Space Mountain. Mm. And your favorite show? I I think the Frozen show at Disneyland is so good at uh, Disney California Adventure. I think that it's like people don't really talk about it a lot. Everyone knows it's there, but it's so excellent. I saw Frozen on Broadway and was disappointed <laughs> because I think the TCA show is so good. And it's like included with admission. Like it, it's crazy. Oh, I love it. And then at Disney World, Happily Ever After. Oh, even though it's a nighttime show. I love Happily Ever After and I do like it better than Wishes. Same, which is also uh, controversial. Scary. Yes, it's very controversial. But I didn't like the wishes music. Yeah, wishes, wishes. I was like, I don't want to hear it. And then that little kid started talking, yes. and I was I like, done. To sing that to my kids. I just uh, don't like, like that. the little kid, and they really hate that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, Stop it, mom! It's not funny. Oh yeah, mine are in the everything's embarrassing me phase. Uh, That's embarrassing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then I got more where that came from. Yeah, I can't write. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I will add my old favorite was Muppets Present Great Moments in History, but now <gasps> that that is gone. Did that just blow your mind? I, I would just stand in the boiling hot sun and be like, take me. I don't care. Exactly. Like, turn my body to a crisp. I need to enjoy this show. I need my Muppets. Oh, and God, now they're show. gone. I get so upset because I, I love, that. I I love that Muppets. Now, so did I. Carly, we've had Twitter discussion about Muppet Vision 3D, and you, you don't like it because of Waldo the Spirit of 3D, right? Yeah, yeah. I get out of here. It is not. It is not. It should not be a Waldo story. Like, give me, me my. Give me the original band. I want everyone. I like. Get out of here. I want a Muppet <laughs> story start to finish. Don't know who this thing is. Don't want him here. <laughs> yeah, I don't like Bean either. I look past Waldo. I love Muppets so much, and I need it in my life where I just pretend like he's not there, and I just watch everybody else doing their thing. <laughs> I can't. It It's so grating to me in a way I almost can't even describe that it uh, ruins the whole experience for me. Yeah, I can see that, unfortunately. Yeah. But I do love Muppets. Now, so you're in the park so much, you got to tell us a hidden gem that maybe we don't know about, maybe we do, but something that you've Ooh. sort of found, you know, on your own, you know, around a corner, whether it be a spot to lounge or a snack or something that maybe isn't so popular. Well, I don't know if this is a hidden gem, but at Disneyland on Saturday nights, they do swing dancing, which oh. I didn't know about until I lived here and was at the park on a Saturday night and was like, what? is this <laughs> and it's so cute and people come out and they're all dancing and like like adorable like little old men will invite you to swing dance with them if you don't have a partner and it's so special and i had no idea they still did it wow where are they doing this at it's like right by oh god i, I guess it would be fantasy land it's like in that rapunzel area 
what is that exact space called? It's where they have the show for Rapunzel and yeah, like, meet and greets for the princesses. <laughs> in my head, I'm like, you know, in that space. Yeah, yeah in, in front of the cat, in front it. of the castle to the left, where like the entrance to Frontierland would be, sort of. Ah, uh, Fantasy right. Fair, Royal yeah. Theater and Fantasy okay. Fair. Okay, okay, wow, that's really cool. I only guess I've never been around when they've been doing that. Yeah, they've it's done. really like not even in a land. It's just kind of its own little bubble. They all know where to go. Yeah, it's it's so cool. I think they've done it since the beginning, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. It's a tradition that they've carried on, which I'm very glad they do. Yeah, I love that kind of thing. That's what makes Disneyland special to me, is that it is so local and they have a lot of traditions. You don't have as much of that at Disney World, I think. Not I mean, like that. even like the, the kids coming there for like their quinceanera, you know, they have their pictures taken there and they're all dressed up. Just little, like it's like people just go there after work to eat or hang out. I love that about that park. I also think the park's less frenzied. So, Carly, I have to know Tower of Terror or Mission Breakout. Oh, you just want me to get a death threat, don't you? <laughs> well, I had that written down. I had that written down before you said what you said. So, um. uh, okay. Keep in mind, I am new guard. Like I came into this from a real like professional critic point of view. And I, I mean, I, the theming on Tower of Terror is fantastic, but if there is one way I'm going to spend my time, it's going to be on Mission Breakout. I think it provides a better ride experience. I think that the buildup of Tower of Terror story-wise is really great, but it slows down the action too much for me. Granted, like the anticipation of like, when's the drop going to be for your first ride is very special, but Mission Breakout, to me, there's really nothing like it because it jostles your body in a way that I don't even know if is okay. (laughs) Like, I don't even, I I don't know. I once did it five times in a row and like, I was dizzy for a full day. Like I woke up dizzy the next day. Oh man. (laughs) Which is what I'm looking for. Yeah. It's really fun. And and like I said, I love the soundtrack to that, that ride. I love eighties music. So anytime you can get eighties music and a ride, I'm all for it. Yeah. And similar to what we were saying earlier, like, there's variety to it. There's six different song profiles. So when you go on, you don't know what you're going to get. And that's something, especially now, since because of my job, I visit the park so often, knowing that there's a bit of a surprise built in is something that pushes a ride like that forward instead of Tower of Terror. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Well, have you had any sort of previews for any of the rides at World? Like, have you seen Ratatouille ride and Epcot or... Anything like that before this closed? I haven't seen Ratatouille. Um, the last thing I got a preview for was Railway before it opened, but okay. Um, but now it's open. Um, Did you like Railway? Yeah, I thought it was really great. It's not necessarily like what, like personally, when I'm listing my favorite rides, it doesn't. It's not advanced like thrill wise enough for me. I, I need a thrill, but I think it's really great, and what they did is really cool. And I love that. Like when you look at it through the lens of that, it's all ages. It's mind-blowing because they again like similar to something like mission breakout like they really push that ride system to the limit for that age range and i think Mm. it's really cool that you can squeeze that much juice out of a ride that you can literally have a baby strapped onto you for like you can have an infant with you and go on that ride and which i thought of when i was on it was like this is crazy like this is so much ride for oh good allowing that so it's really fun it's it's really fun and unique and and i enjoyed it 
Oh, I'm excited to see it. Carly, are you excited for the proposed Epcot changes? Anything that you're maybe because you said Epcot was sounds like your second favorite park. Anything you might be nervous about? You wish they weren't changing? Yeah, I am most nervous about Spaceship Earth. Um, It was, Uh you know, it was a bit of a punch to the gut when they closed down truly like half the park (laughs) and just like, you know, like, like club cool doesn't seem like something that's gone, but it is like just stuff that you just never would have thought would leave. So just the change of that stuff closing is really jarring to me. I'm starting to get more used to it. Uh, It seems like they're going to be honoring Epcot as they redo it. So I'm, I'm happy to see what happens, but the spaceship earth changes, I was very upset about, but, you know, I've been on it a few times since they announced that. And when I was in it, was like, yeah, I, I understand why they would want to update some parts of this. Oh, like, yeah. I, I can't blame them. I get it. Like, I kind of took my rose-colored glasses off and was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. I mean, I think they know how important Epcot is to so many people. So I'm really, really hoping that things change for the better. Oh, yeah. What's the first thing you want to do when the parks open up? What's the first thing? Now that I said it, I kind of want to do Monsters and Glass. <laughs> Even though it was a joke, like, and now I kind of want to do it. Okay. First uh, thing you want to eat. Ooh. I mean, I always, I, I got to get careful. I got to get caramel corn. I got to oh, get yeah. caramel corn. And yes. you, can't, you can't get that out in world or in land, right? No. Okay. Only that packaged stuff that isn't even the same food. That is yeah. not even worth your time. Uh, oh, not at all. You know, I need to start trying that. I never get it. There's so many other things in that location that I, I get before that, but I'll give it a shot. It's so, so good. And what do you call that shop? Because we never get the name right. A caramel Kush or Coochie. I, I don't I, know either. I, I, I you know it. what? I was a German major and I can't even pronounce it. Okay. Then I don't even, better. yeah, no. I mean, it's Kuka, but I mean, is it Kuka? It's Caramel kind Kuka? of, kind of like that. Yeah. I mean, it oh. depends on where you're from, like in a German speaking area, but yeah, oh. that's how my, I, I just call it the store in Germany. It's Caramel. easier. <laughs> Caramel Coochie. That's what we call it. Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, we should probably close this up. Carly, I want to thank you so much for coming on our show. We really appreciate it. And your interview was a ton of fun. Oh, thanks so much. I had such a good time. This is not a bad way to spend a Friday night. I know, right? Especially in quarantine when you're stuck in the house. And you have nothing else to do. <laughs> no, nothing else to do but talk to four nerds. I didn't mean to be like, you guys are slightly better than doing literally nothing. But <laughs> no, that's a compliment. It's fine. We do this for our weekends on non-quarantine times. Yeah, we actually do. So, you know. That's what we do. It's fun, though. We love to talk about Disney. And it's nice to think about the parks and just, you know, remember. Yeah, back never in the good old days. It. I was supposed to eat with Joe Rody today at the Tiffin's oh, Talk. Right. Mine was today. But I'm going to say right now that this was 10 times better than that would have been. Because I don't even know if I would have been able to ask him all these questions. Well, and I heard she has an earring like Joe Rody. <laughs> I'm just going to hang all of them in one ear just to give you the full yeah, experience. That's exactly the least I can do because your wonderful lunch was canceled. Oh, I'm so <laughs> oh sorry. my gosh. I know it's like a knife to the heart right there. Uh, it's like, yes, oh. thank, thank you, Carly, so much for answering my email. I was so nervous if you were going to answer it, but thank you so much. Oh my God, of course. On. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. 
I'm going to give this to Tony to close out the show. Thanks, Chris. As always, a reminder that our podcast is sponsored by Main Street and More Travel. Check out their website, MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com. Request a quote and let Chris connect you with the right agent for your travel needs. You can find our group on Facebook. We are the Mouse and More Podcast. We have our Twitter and Instagram accounts. You can check out our friend Carly's site at www.carlyweisel.com. C-A-R-L-Y-E-W-I-S-E-L. On behalf of Chris, Liza, Adam, and our special guest, Carly, this is Tony, and we are the Mouse and More Podcast. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thanks, Carly.